All right, we are on chapter 67, The Lieutenant's Puzzle. Mrs. Drinker comes to me. She takes that saw, throws it on the low shelf, like a log onto a fire. It clatters, bounces. I put my hands on my ears. She covers her face and bends forward. Her body shakes. She's squeaking, crying, and says, no. She says that over and over again. Matt cries, no, mom. I look at his face, white, scared. He says, stop it, stop it, mom. Mrs. Drinker shakes her head and cries, oh my gosh, Maddie, oh Maddie, what did you do? And then I just know, something I do not want to know. I push back on it, hard, and I say, oh no, he could not, they, they could not, no, no, it's all right, it's all right, no, no. But I can't stop myself. And soon all I'm saying is the same thing Mrs. Drinker is saying. No, no, no. Then I see the cruiser pulling into the drinker's driveway. Blue and white, a sick blur. I see the officer. I see Corey McSpirit go to him. Feels like I'm right beside him. I see the side of Corey's wet face. And I can see what he says. So clear, so slow. Corey says, They told me they did it. I push the words out of my throat. I say, they couldn't have meant it. How could they know such a bad thing would happen? You can't know what you don't know. The officer comes closer. There's another cruiser in the driveway and my eyes go wild. Like they're all shooting inside from side to side in my head. I see all around inside the drinker's garage, all the walls, all the blurs, the smears, white flashes of windows, dark streaks in all the corners, and I can't stop it. I see swishes of people, some moving, some close, closer. And I say, but they're kids. We're all just kids. There's a tug in my guts, and I close my eyes. I'm dropping. I'm gravity. I'm going down. And I want to go. I want to be low. Then I'm wrapped in huge arms, bigger than my own. Strange sound in my ear. I hear a voice say, Mason. Oh my gosh, Mason. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. The arms grow tighter. The voice goes to a whisper. Who? I try to think. Who is it that has this voice? I know it. But not this way. I know something hard, but this is soft. I open my eyes. Lieutenant, it's him. He has me, like a cradle. Then I know it. I'm getting sick. I turn and I let it out. He holds me while all the food comes up. He doesn't let go. I choke and I tell him, they didn't know. They couldn't know. I wrap my fingers tight around his arm and I grip his sleeve. I can hear me like some huge, wounded, wild thing. I can hear me crying. I say, nobody, nobody meant to kill Benny Kilmartin. Chapter 68, One Week Gone. The drinkers are gone. I'm standing in their garage. I wonder if anything good has come of these days. We are one week gone from finding the handsaw. The word is probably going around. Mason Buttles, not the one. He played no trick. 
He didn't make a mistake. It seems like all of this should feel better. But I'll tell you what, it's kind of like everything is still sad. I still feel it. The gray cloud over Merrimack. Mrs. Blinney stops and helps. Let's me spend long days in the swoof. The first day back, she tells me, I have put extra time in my day just for you, Mason Buttle. I told her that I could go tell the dragon, but she shakes her head no. She sits down with me. She put her dry hands on top of my sweaty ones and says, Mason, you can tell this story to me. And so I do just that as best as I can. Now I'm staring at the greenish stain on the drinker's garage floor, the spot where I puked. It seems like I should get it off there. Mooney follows me into the drinker's laundry room. I make a bucket of suds and find a brush. I get started. It's a gross job, but the dog makes me smile. He tilts his head at what I'm doing, looks at that brush like it might be a chew toy. I have to talk him out of that one. I scrub and I think. Funny thing, the lieutenant has been by the crumble down about every day. He even brought me a present. Brand new handsaw. He will need to keep the old one, he says, probably for quite a while. And he took away the notebook and my dragon pages. He read it all. Read it right about the time that I was here in this garage finding my own my old handsaw. That's what he said. That he got th- then he got the call to go down to the drinker house. He said what I wrote fills him with understanding, truths. He said, I should have listened better, Mason. He said something else. It sticks in my brain. He said, good families will help their children accept responsibility. He said that's all he can really say to us about the whole thing now. And Uncle Drum said that kind of means that it's not really our business anymore. Except for this. We all love Benny Kilmartin. And we hear things. Calvin read me the newspaper, told me all about the break in the investigation. That was finding the handsaw. And it said that the lieutenant feels grateful, but he still needs cooperation from several more Merrimack families. Calvin read, there are individuals who have more information. We all know who that means. The drinkers and the Pearsons. I remember what Grandma said. She didn't hesitate to have me talk with the lieutenant. Well, pretty sure it's not the same for the drinkers or the Pearsons. We hear some things about them. Building up walls. Not stone walls like the one I built with Benny's dad, Andy, but a wall of people. Lawyers. Uncle Drum explained that part. He says that they will get advice on how to keep the trouble away from their kids. He said it first thing they will do is not let their kids talk to the lieutenant. Another thing Uncle Drum said is this, the lieutenant has an impossible job. Could be that he's right. I'll tell you what, the drinker sure did scoot right out of Merrimack. That's why I'm here taking care of Mooney. I'm not sure how long. I just know they're getting settled elsewhere. Elsewhere is what Mrs. Drinker said. It puts a fly in my head thinking about the day that Mooney will move away. But I'll try to take care of this dog the same as I always have until they come back for him. One thing I told Mrs. Miss Blinney is how I think that everyone, about everyone every day. She says that seems about right and normal. It's what any person would do. I'll tell you who I feel bad about, though. 
Corey McSpirit, that's who. He had that secret in him. Not sure for how long. And he is cooperating now. The Miramac Gazette doesn't say any names, but it does tell a story. It says that the police believe two boys sawed the rung in the, sawed on the rung of that ladder. Two means Matt and Lance. The paper said it started off as a prank, but then one boy went back. He did a lot more cutting. One boy means Matt. Might be he stayed around in the orchard. Might be he saw Benny fall. Might be he was the last to see Benny alive. Then he took away the evidence. Well, the evident, that evidence was my handsaw. I guess I left it out there in the orchard by the tree fort. I wish I hadn't. I'll tell you what. I think about how bad I felt about not having the answers for the lieutenant. I bet you Corey felt double bad about keeping that secret inside. So Calvin and I already said it. If Corey comes back to school, we'll try to be his friends. We'll sit by him on the bus. I'm finished. Got my puke spot pretty well cleaned up. I rinse it all away, chase the suds down to the drain in the floor. Mooney and I watch the foam go down. His head tilts, dog eyebrows twitch, and it makes me smile. I go in to wash up. I'm welcome to hang out in the drinker house, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't feel right anymore. There's a silence in there now, and I don't like the new house smell here as much as I used to. I don't like that awful garage where it happened. I get Mooney out of there as much as I can. I hate to leave him alone at night, but I make sure that I'm back for him first thing in the mornings. I come right after school, too. I put the bucket away in the drinker's laundry room. Leave it like I found it. I turn to Mooney and say, Want to go apple picking, boy? Do you? Let's go get a basket. I clap my hands, and he jumps, and we get out of there. Chapter 69, Family Plan I do not know what's up with Grandma, but she asked me to bring in this basket of apples. First time in a long time, and she told all of us to be at the table for a family meeting. Four o'clock sharp this afternoon. First time ever for that. She said, come in with clean hands. So here we are, Uncle Drum, Shailene with her box of vanilla wafers, Grandma and me, and Mooney settling down by the legs of my chair. Grandma hands around, paring knives and peelers. Tell you what, I don't even know we had so many of them. That's what comes of not being allowed in the kitchen. Well, she picks hers up and an apple too, deep red, Rome. She starts taking the peeler to it, and then she gives us a look like we better get at it. And so we do. Even Shailene, who's been looking at her peeler like it fell off some alien spaceship. Grandma says, We have to have a big pan to fill before anyone gets supper. We're making a crisp, and while we work, we'll have a few things for us to think about. She takes a swallow. The peeler juggles in her hand, and she says, We've been and had hard times. Those kept coming for a while. We were a bit knocked down, but now we've just gotten ourselves out from under an enormous weight. Lieutenant Baird has moved his investigation away from this family. And with that, put right, her voice squeaks a little. She says, I think this is our time to ask ourselves to make some changes. And she tells us how the Buttle Farm belongs to family. Always has. She says, it is handed down to the next generation. We've had our share of losses, but we have two children, Ma- Drum and Mason's mom, Amy. 
With Amy gone, her part of the farm goes to her boy. So here at this table, we have two people who will inherit this house and this land. I forget to peel. I've never really thought about living anywhere besides here, but I never thought about it being half mine either. Grandma catches me sitting still and nods at my hands, which gets me peeling again. Shailene starts to sniffle. She puts down her peeler and blots her face in her elbow. She sneaks a vanilla wafer, like Grandma wouldn't see that. Drum just keeps peeling and paring, doesn't take his eyes off what he's doing. Grandma says, so, my men, you'll be partners in this place. But for now, it's mine. And Drum, that means no more selling off this land. I appreciate that you are managing things as well as you could. I'm glad that there's been money. But you cannot go shirking that pie that doesn't belong wholly to you. That cannot be your job. And I can't force you to be an orchard man. I think this, but he is an orchard man. I just know it. Grandma says, if apples are not your passion, fine. But you need a steady job and much shorter days at the diner. Now I have my plan. I'm going to start baking again. Small scale, just as much as I want to put out for sale. No orders. It's the end of the season. But there are plenty of baking apples out there still. Now is a good time for me to try. So Mason, I'll be needing a good apple picker. And I say, I can do it. I love that. She says, and I'll be providing after-school care here. It's just one girl. She's She'll get off at the cluster stop with Mason, so there's enough or a little more cash coming in and a little more life happening around here from now on. I watch Grandma slice the apples into the pan, and she's quick. Bet she beats all three of us to one. Grandma says, now, Shailene, that shopping has to stop. I'll tell you what, that girl turns into a puddle, sobbing, shoulders shaking. She's been ruining that vanilla wafer this whole time. Crumbs between her fingers, and she looks at Drum, but he won't look at her. She says, but I have to shop. I do. She has the black stuff running under her eyes, so I hand the paper towels over. (laughs) Grandma shakes her head and says, you can't keep spending. You have to find a way to be a contributor. Shailene says, how am I going to do that? Grandma says, well, you like to shop. Maybe you like to sell. I say, yeah, work at the stand and sell apples, sell pies. We could use the help. Holy cow, Shailene, that'll get you outdoors. Shailene says, pies? She stutters the pea all over the place and says, and then what? Someday Mason will kick me out. I say, I won't kick you out. And she says, yes, you would. You want half. And I say, well, I could kick half of you out, but I guess there's probably at least half of you that could do like Grandma says, be a contributor. So I tell Shailene, that half can stay. Uncle Drum bursts out laughing, big and loud. Not usual at the Buzzle House. Not usual for him. Then I can't help it. I laugh too. Even Shailene pouts and then laughs at the same time. Grandma's shoulders shake, minnow eyes shining. And I tell Shailene, don't worry. We're going to find something for you to do. I don't know how it happened. Maybe just because you've been here so long, but you feel like family, sort of. I don't think the Buttles can put a family person out. Then we're quiet. Maybe like when everyone is just having their own thoughts. But the thing we get done together is that big pan of apples, peeled, pared, and full to the top. 
Before supper, Uncle Drum and I go out and walk in the orchard. Mooney, too. He wanders up and back, never far. And I'll tell you what, it's kind of mighty about the place. Half mine, someday. Now, that is something. So I ask Uncle Drum, do you know what job you want? He smiles and says, not sure about I have much choice. But yeah, Grandma's right. I'm ready to go to work. He reaches up to the nearest tree and pulls a leaf or two off. He looks him over and says, I'm proud of you for what you said to Shailene. I say, funny thing, isn't it? Because it wasn't a lie. We walk on and I ask him, Uncle Drum, how did we get Shailene anyway? I mean, like, why did you bring her home? He says, well, I guess you could say a weak moment, born of guilt. Do you know what that means? I say, well, maybe if you tell me. He says, six, almost seven years ago, my little sister called me up late at night. I say, my mom? He says, yep, Amy. And she wanted a ride is all. Her car broke down, old bucket of bolts. She wouldn't get it fixed right, and I was sick of that. She wanted me to come pick her up from the center of Merrimack after work. Third time in a week, and I didn't go. I said no. So she walked out into the foggy night. She got to Swigertown Road, no sidewalks, plenty of shadows and fog, and, well, you know the rest. But what you don't know are the last words she ever said to me. Uncle Drum stops and looks at me, and he says, She said, Thanks for nothing, Drum. I think this. I thought the stars were out that night. I don't know why. I just thought that. Then I think somebody saying that, well, it could hurt pretty bad. So I say, I'm sorry. It's hard, Uncle Drum. He says, sure is. So when I saw this girl at the diner, looking lost, in tears, couldn't pay her tab, well, I thought of Amy. Because, you know, people are out there, Mason. People are just looking for one bit of kindness. So I say, so maybe it's not so much that that other thing. The weak moment born of guilt. It's kindness, like you said. Like, give somebody a break is all. And you did. He nods, smiles, and claps a hand on my shoulder. He pushes me and pulls me and hugs me to him. And I say, so, hey, you think that we can make Shailene have a yard sale? Get her room cleaned out? And I say, he says, yeah, I do. I think that's just what we need. And I say, good, me too. And I don't think I have to feel bad about that, Uncle Drum, because, you know, she doesn't know what she bought anyway. You do know that, right? He says, yeah, I do. By the way, do you want your room back? I think about it. All I can see from the upstairs window, the backyard, the orchard, the heap of the root cellar, and the mighty Arrakis on his wall. I say, nah, thanks, Uncle Drum. I'm good upstairs. Then I tell him, you know... I'm glad about what Grandma said tonight, to all of us, because, you know, I have had a bad feeling. Kind of like the Buttles are going extinct. Uncle Drum snorts. (laughs) He says, I know what you mean. And I say, I don't want that for us. He says, it won't happen. I promise you. All right, tomorrow we will be on Chapter 70. Home by a Nose. We are almost done. Tomorrow will probably be our last day of Read Out Loud. So we will be planning another reading. See you tomorrow.